0: Welcome to the Nathan
1: Crane Podcast. Nathan is a certified holistic cancer coach, 20-time award-winning documentary filmmaker, competitive CrossFit athlete, and best-selling author
0: of Becoming Cancer-Free. With nearly two decades in independent natural health research and education, Nathan shares his top solutions for preventing and overcoming disease while optimizing health and improving human performance. Each
1: week, Nathan brings on highly renowned experts to share natural and holistic health science, strategies, and breakthroughs for living your healthiest, happiest, and most fulfilling life. And now, here's Nathan Crane. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we've got Danny Carroll here with us. Danny, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Absolute pleasure. Sorry, I'm just grabbing some books. Absolute pleasure. Lovely to be here. Thank you for hosting me, Nathan
1: so danny uh you wrote a book called terminal cancer is a misdiagnosis uh it was your first book um and you've been researching natural and alternative and effective solutions for uh, healing diseases like cancer for uh, quite a while Mm -hmm. now um and uh, along the way you came across um, german new medicine and uh, have done extensive research into that, which is anybody who has researched cancer specifically and natural solutions for cancer and integrative solutions for cancer, uh, at some point will have come across a German new medicine because for whatever reason in Germany, they tend to be ahead of the curve um, and have been getting incredible results for people. And I, I think part of it can come down to, I think part of it does come down to the fact that there are less restrictions on what the doctors can do there and not in a bad way, but in, you know, doctors should have more, in my opinion, doctors should have more leeway to be able to experiment with and implement things that are backed by evidence to help their patients heal. And here in the United States, doctors are actually... Not only prevented from doing that legally, they can mm-hmm. lose their licenses and go to jail. Uh, we saw this during COVID, and you know we see it with cancer and other diseases, where a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, may want to implement something that does have evidence behind it, but maybe the hospitals uh, don't want to implement it, or you know the the medical boards don't want them to implement it. It could be a natural form of medicine. Could be, you know, even non-toxic. Could have a lot of evidence behind it, but there's just it seems so many politics involved, and money involved, and power involved that prevents these doctors from being able to implement some of the things that they want to. They kind of have to do it uh, quietly, even if there's a ton of evidence behind it, um, but it goes against maybe the the conventional drug based pharmacological approach. And uh, in Germany, for some reason, they have a little bit more leeway. And I'd love for you to speak on that. And um, I know you're, you're kind of a pioneer in, in different kinds of healing protocols and um, medical discoveries, helping people to heal from quote unquote terminal conditions. So what got you
0: into uh, the work that you do? Okay, just a quick uh, comment on your initial point. Um, actually, the restrictions are very similar in Germany. Um, as we'll discuss as we go through uh, this, my, my teacher, this German medical doctor, um, he was actually, he had his license taken away. Um, he was put in prison for two and a half years. Um, he had 12 attempts on his life and they tried to put him in a mental institution 75 times over the course of his lifetime. So there are similar restrictions in Germany as there are in, in, in the US.
1: Now, aren't, isn't it a little more uh, lenient though for certain protocols and therapies? I mean, I've known patients over the years that that couldn't get any doctor here to, to do certain therapies. And then so they'd go to Germany to see doctors of do the therapies. Now, were those doctors just doing it knowing uh, taking the risk, or are there some leniencies in Germany that that are more strict here in the U.S.?
0: I've never lived in Germany, so I'll have to reserve my comments. I've spent the last 28 years living in India, um, and I know that system very, very well. Uh, I know less about the German system. I know a lot of people go to Germany for different treatments, um, but uh, but I'm not sufficiently familiar with the German system. All I know is that this particular doctor um, was vilified and thrown in prison, etc., for the so-called practicing medicine without a license. Um, <clears throat> in India, where I live, um, there's a hugely diverse um, universe of uh, of. of a a shopping list of of medical treatments um, both alternative and conventional Um, so um, I mean I'm I've lived in India for the last 28 years Um, I've been able to do the medical research I have because I live in India Um, and in India I mean everything from energy healing to spiritual healing to Ayurveda to homeopathy to chiropractors to Uh, acupuncturists and and everything in between Um, you know there's a there's a a India has medical tourism not only because it's cheap but because it also has a hugely diverse um, set of treatment options available when you come here Uh, and luckily I mean if I'd have done what I've done in India in terms of medical research um, if I'd have done that in the US um, it would have been a very dicey situation to be in from my understanding of the medical system in the US.
1: What kind of like what kind of medical research? Can you give us an example?
0: So I've I've um I've spent the last nearly two decades um and I've studied um I spent 10 years studying nutritional healing. Um if you go online you'll find a, a TED presentation I did in in 2010 on nutritional healing. That was my uh, first protocol. Uh, I've studied energy healing, I've studied emotional healing, i studied bark flower remedies for um, six, seven years um, for emotional healing. Um, I've studied spiritual healing, energy healing, Reiki um, And then ultimately I found this this healing modality, Germanic medicine or uh, Germanic healing knowledge. I found that um, in 2012 um, that there's a, shall I share the story that's knitted around how it got started and, and, and how it progressed. Will that help? Sure. Yeah. So I had a, I had a, I had a friend um, in Bombay, uh, a colleague and a close friend um, who was diagnosed with um, cancer. Um, She couldn't afford the treatment um so i ran a i ran a marathon in bombay and i um i raised the money for her treatment and she was delighted um when she first went into hospital um i mean she looked perfectly well to me um they said she had cancer whatever i mean i i had no knowledge of it at this point in time um and uh, when she started when she started chemotherapy she used to message me from hospital saying Danny, I don't know what these doctors are doing, but it feels like they're putting poison in my veins. Um, and, of course, they were, right? So, I mean, that's what chemotherapy is. Um, so I, I knew no better at that point in time. So I encouraged her to continue the treatment. Um, and basically, she had three rounds of chemotherapy and she died. Uh, now at a time I was devastated because I'd both funded her treatment and um essentially ensured her compliance to treatment and I and I felt uh, I felt terrible that uh, that she'd passed away so quickly um so so at that time I I swore I would study or I'd find a, a better solution to cancer um. So then, I started on a journey of studying different modalities. Uh, nutritional healing was the first place I started. At that point in time, um, it was really the only game in town, or the only uh, the only game in town that looked like it had promise. Um, so I I I went very deeply into into nutritional therapies. Um, I mean, I, I tested every, every diet on myself. I, I, I did Atkins for a period of time. Um, I turned vegan for five years to test the, the vegan, um, modality. Um, but, uh, ultimately it didn't deliver on the promise. Um, at the same time I started, I started studying, um, about flower remedies you say
1: you sorry when you say you tested these diets on yourself but didn't deliver on the promise what does that mean did you have cancer and you were testing it on yourself or what do you mean it didn't deliver on the promise and what was the promise
0: so i mean i'm i'm looking for the solution to cancer um and at that point i was looking for that via um a modality um i had been I've been led to believe by experts I studied, you know, I went through the China study with Dr. T. and Campbell and, and all of like the Gerson theories and, you know, Hippocrates and all of, all of the, the modalities built around nutrition. Um, when I turned vegan, um, one of my now, then girlfriend now wife's colleagues commented that, uh, I was the sickest healthy guy I'd ever met. Um, my system became very unstable. Um, I had terrible health problems on a on a vegan diet. Uh, I later discovered that uh, being a no blood group, um, I have more stomach acid than than um, other blood groups, um, and when and that's designed to digest animal protein. Um, and if you don't have that animal protein in your system, then your stomach acid becomes like the devil's workshop. And then you suffer with acid reflux. And um, I mean, I, I became lactose intolerant. So every time I inadvertently um, ended up consuming dairy, um, it used to just wreck my system. I mean, I, I, my health um, declined quite significantly whilst I was on this diet. Mm. Um interesting. So I want I want to yeah I want um challenge
1: that a little bit uh, because sure in on. in my you know also also almost two decades of of research health research and nutritional research and, and about a decade of working with cancer patients um many of the cancer patients that uh, we either work with and and coach or many who I've interviewed and met personally that have actually reversed from stage one breast cancers to stage four colon cancers have actually done it on a vegan diet and and that's been their primary nutritional protocol and uh and and there are hundreds if not thousands of people with chronic diseases like cancer that i'm aware of today probably more Mm -hmm. than i'm not aware of who are on a a vegan diet and thriving um, and helping their bodies to, to heal from cancer and heart disease and diabetes and all the others. Um, and so what I have found, and I want to ask you, I want to find out if this, if, if you know, this is true for yourself or not. What I have found is that most people who have issues on a vegan diet, uh, is one of three issues. And most of the time, they're not aware of them. One is they're not getting enough nutrient-dense foods and enough diversity in their food choices every day. Uh, Number two is out of their foods, oftentimes there's at least one culprit, sometimes more, that they're not aware that are causing the damage to the gut and leaky gut and leading to some of the issues that you were talking about. Um, And number three, they often go for more boxed foods, packaged foods, things like that, instead of fresh home cooked foods every day. And uh, I'm wondering if you know of yourself on that diet. I'm just curious. Maybe true, maybe not. If you, you, um, like some of the culprits, for example, for some people, for me was corn. When I figured out corn was causing problems for me and I got it out, everything cleared up. You know, the digestive issues I was having cleared up, but I didn't know. I didn't know there was anything wrong with the corn, but it was just that one culprit, right? And some people it's wheat, some people it's, you know, I mean, because if you're eating any processed foods today, they're full of cornstarch and additives and all kinds of things. If you're eating out often, if you ever look at the sauces at restaurants, um, most of the sauces are filled with garbage, even if it's fresh food. So like you go to an Indian restaurant, for example, I don't know how it is in India, I know how it is here in the U.S. If you go to an Indian restaurant and you think it's all fresh food, but you look at all the sauces and all the things that they use and the curries and all of that, it's garbage. It's all full of junk and additives and processed and cornstarch and all kinds of stuff. Um, and people think they're eating healthy whole foods and they're not. Hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you're enjoying it so far. As a special thank you for tuning in to this episode, I want to give you my number one Amazon best-selling book, absolutely free. You can go download it right now at becomingcancerfree.com. If you want to learn evidence-based strategies for helping your body become a cancer-fighting machine for not only cancer reversal but cancer prevention, go grab a copy of the book. Again, I'm just giving it to you for free. You can go download it at becomingcancerfree.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, so that's one issue I've seen quite often. The other issue is uh, people tend to avoid, like we get, um, we get comfortable eating the same things over and over again. So instead of eating a diversity of 12 or 15 or 20 different kinds of fruits throughout the week, we have our top three or four, and that can lead you to nutritional deficiencies, right? Um Same with vegetables. Maybe you have two or three that you like. You kind of eat them throughout the week. But we really need six or seven or 10 or 12 spread out throughout the week, five servings a day. You know, so I'm just wondering if any of this kind of relates, if you can relate to any of this. And then also the packaged foods, processed foods tends to be an issue uh, for people on a vegan diet and tend to go for more of the, the palatable foods, the kind of, you know, they seem healthy, but they're really not. They're packaged and processed. Um, they're marketed to us as healthy because they're vegan, but we know vegan doesn't mean healthy, which is why what, we, what I teach is a whole food plant based diet. Uh, whole foods, nutrient dense, highly diverse, plant based. Um, get rid of the processed foods, the high sugar foods, and get the diversity. Five to seven servings of vegetables every day, five to seven servings of fruit every day. Whole grains, but be careful of any culprits in there. Uh, make sure you're eating fully cooked beans. Uh, eliminating most of the lectins these kinds of principles that most people i'm not saying you but most people on a vegan diet don't know about and the ones who i've learned over the years who have problems on a vegan diet tend to be one or more of these issues
0: yeah so i mean i mean there's there's we need to unpack that a little bit there's um there's eight or ten questions in there so yeah sorry (laughs) it's a big it's a big conversation it's a there's a big unpack there right um i mean from my personal experience i mean i live in india um uh in india we have lots of staff right gardeners and drivers and maids and all the things right because labor is much cheaper here um my personal experience is number 1 i have a i have a i have a housemaid who who goes to the local uh vegetable market um uh makes everything from home from scratch she doesn't even buy She doesn't even buy spices and stuff in packets. She'll grind it herself with a mortar and pestle. And, you know, everything in India is made from scratch. So Uh, lucky. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. I mean, we have that privilege here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not making it myself. Right. So so the, the 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 processed and packaged food was not an issue for me. I mean, I went I went all all the extremes. Right, I was working with one of India's leading nutritionists. Um, and I even got got my maid, took her to my teacher, um, who, and they taught her to to steam food and to. I mean, I I don't have a, I didn't have a microwave then. I don't have a microwave now. Um, you know, I, I'm still surprised.
1: That, I'm still surprised that microwaves exist. I haven't used a microwave. <laughs> <in> <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> probably. I mean, seriously, like probably 13, 14, 15 years. I haven't used a microwave, and it's like what I mean. Once you realize you're literally just putting radiation into your food, why would you ever use a microwave again? It's insane. It's it still
0: yeah. blows my mind that they even
1: exist today.
0: So I don't have a microwave, Nathan. <laughs> um, uh, I I I got my maid trained to cook without oil, um, to steam food, to to do all of the things to maintain the nutrients in the food. This is India. You get you get 10 different types of vegetable in each in each dish that you make. So I mean I I went the full lengths on nutrition, right? So um I get I get the points you're making. Um uh, but in in my I mean I can only speak from my own experience, right? So in my experience, all of those all of those boxes were ticked, everything was covered. Um, I was getting a variety of of nutrition from different sources. All home prepared, home cooked, bought locally, you know, in the wholesale vegetable market, yada, 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 you know, the full nine yards. Were you keeping, let let let, me ask uh, you a
1: question. Were you keeping track of protein uh, on a, on just like a rough estimate on a daily basis?
0: so in uh, again in india you ha- you have you have access whether it's through dals or whether it's through chanas and it's you know you have you have many proteins that yeah are, lentil, are lentils lentils your-
1: are really really common yeah i'm just curious because so, like lentils are a good great source of protein, but you know some people struggle on a vegan diet as well they don't you you can easily get enough protein on a vegan diet easily um yeah, that, yeah. that's not I mean, an issue, but a lot of people who aren't aware of where the best protein sources come from, from the plants, uh, sometimes they struggle because they're, they're just not paying attention, they don't know where it's coming from, and then they end up not getting enough protein, even though it's easy once you know where the sources are. I know lentils are really popular in India, which is a great source you of protein. Got,
0: you got lentils, you got got uh, channas, I mean, chickpeas and all that, chickpeas chana in, in India, right? So all, all of these things are part of a daily diet in india um every every dish would be served with lentils in india it's called dal um
1: i love dal i love a good dal man it's one of so my favorite indian dishes
0: <laughs> sri lankan dal is the best but anyway oh it, really that's, 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 yeah it's amazing it's you funny i was just thinking
1: i literally was thinking yesterday i was like i got to get some indian recipe books or get a indian recipe book get some good indian Shre-Lankan. recipes sri lankan sri right. lankan I'm going to write it down.
0: That was a, that you, if you crack Sri Lankan food, I mean, it's my favorite food in the world, right? It's amazing. It's got a lot of coconut in it. It's tasty, beautiful. Uh, I love it, especially the Sri Lankan dal. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, so you got a few
1: good, I mean, two or three, one of my favorites, like aloe gobi, um, chickpea, anything with like chickpeas and, you know, the curries I and had the that yesterday. I had it oh, yesterday for so lunch,
0: good. right? <laughs> yeah. In India, it's called ch- chana batura, right? Mm. So it's a it's a beautiful spicy chickpea dish that's made with, um, and then you have it with uh, puris, which is like a a wheat dish, a wheat bread, like bless you. Um, so let let me. So I I I went. I mean, I spent I don't know, maybe ten years down the nutritional healing. Um, now, the, the issue, Nathan, that I basically faced is that, and, and this is not only with nutritional healing, it was also with emotional healing, with energy healing. Um, the problem that I faced um, that kept me searching for solutions is that I was in a situation where I had two people given exactly the same diagnosis, put on exactly the same protocols, and one lived and one died. Okay. And there was you never. You had
1: two people were these people you were uh coaching you were so you, they were patients of yours are you a doctor there in india can you explain that more
0: so yeah i mean i don't call them patients because i i don't charge um the people who come to me for help basically i mean i'm i'm relatively well known in the community here um and if somebody has a health challenge and they're not they're not um, the type of person who will go to conventional medicine and they'll come to me for guidance right and I had I have a number of situations you know you get two people both diagnosed with stage two liver cancer you put them on the same vegan diet and one lives and one dies and and this happened continuously across my across my early years of experience um, and it didn't matter how much I tried to get to I mean I I'm I, I'm one of those Awful people always has to find out the answer why, right? That's so why, 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 why. And it didn't matter how much I um I I saw answers as to same diagnosis, same protocol, one lives, one dies, why? Okay, and I could never and I could never find the answer. So all I could conclude is that there was something at play that I wasn't aware of, and I needed to find out what that was, right? Now, what happened? The turning point for me came in 2012. Um, I was I was in a situation. I had a I had a I had a very challenging health problem. For six months, I had golf ball size knots. Okay, in my calf muscles, in my thighs, in my arms, in my back. For six months. Okay. Now, I'm a I'm a keen marathon runner. Um, and uh, Marathons, ultra marathons, all the crazy stuff, right? So, um, at this point in time, I was in physio. The physio would iron out the knots. I don't know whether you've ever experienced this, but basically, what they do is they get their elbows in your in your muscles and they iron out the knots with your in your muscles. Oh yeah. Uh, you walk out, it. you walk out, you walk out. Your muscles are black and blue, and and I'd go back two days later, and the knots would come back again. Right, and I'm on I'm on this excruciating merry-go-round for a for a six month period. Now I had a I had an interesting challenge in my life at that point in time. Um, My then girlfriend and now wife is an American diplomat. Okay, she was posted to Bombay on her first posting, and her second posting was going to be in Santiago de Chile. I'd recently split up from my ex-wife and we had agreed that we would enjoy our relationship while she was in bombay but nobody in their right mind is going to do a long distance relationship between south america and south asia so we decided that when she left we would terminate the relationship now it got to it got to a week before she was due to leave and the problem that we had is we'd become soulmates Right. You know, it's like relationship, no pressure on a relationship. You just enjoy each other's time and company. You know, it's for a limited period of time, whatever it, re- it encourages, deep and special relationships. And that happened in this particular time. Right. So when it came to she was leaving uh, on the Wednesday, this was the Friday night before. Um, and we're like, what do we do? Right. I'm going to Chile and you're in Bombay um and we're soulmates how are we going to manage this so the original plan was that we would terminate our relationship um and we sat down on a friday evening and we uh, we agreed that we would not prematurely terminate the relationship but that we would try a long distance relationship and see if it fizzled out naturally okay now when i woke up on the saturday morning all the knots had disappeared gone right and the only difference nathan between friday night and saturday morning was my girlfriend and i agreeing that we would not terminate our relationship now at this point in time i didn't know why the knots came and i'm talking in in like my calves and thighs you you could see the big like golf balls inside my in my muscles right I didn't know why it came, and I didn't know why it left, okay? All I knew was the only difference between Friday evening and Saturday morning was me and my girlfriend sitting down and deciding that we were not going to torpedo our relationship, that we would continue with a relationship in long distance and see if it fizzled out. Crazy, Long. we're talking Chile and Bombay, right? I mean, that's crazy. I mean, it's like it's, a, it's 10,000 miles or a 40-hour journey to get from bombay to chile okay it's like it's uh, chile uh, santiago de chile is 13 hours from dc and you imagine how far it is from bombay right so so saturday morning i woke up and poof all these knots had disappeared now i i I'd, I'd been sitting down i'd done nothing i couldn't barely walk for six months letting alone run i'd put 10 kilos and weight in because i hadn't exercised at all i'd just sitting down eating all the time um the Bombay Marathon was a month away. I trained for that Bombay marathon. It normally takes me four months. I trained for it in three weeks, and I finished it eleven minutes short, my personal best. Okay, now that experience changed my understanding of health. okay? I didn't know why. I didn't know why they came, why they left. All I knew was that the only thing that changed was something in my head, okay? So then I started to understand that the connection between the mind and the body, right? And I had a suspicion that there could be a similar mind-body connection, the same way my mind had put all of these knots in my body and then removed them overnight, which I later discovered was caused the knots were being put in my body because I was attempting to go in the wrong direction in life. Right. I was planning to terminate a relationship with my soulmate. Okay. And she's still my soulmate. Now we've now been together for 12 years or something. Right.
1: Hey, I just want to pause a second and ask you, are you enjoying this episode so far? Are you getting good value from this content? If so, then I know you're going to absolutely love healing, healing, Life At HealingLife.net, you get exclusive and premier access to hundreds of the top world's doctors, experts, cancer conquerors, and survivors. Exclusive interviews that I have done with all these experts and doctors uh, that are not available for free online. They're only available at HealingLife.net. So not only do you get access to all of those, but you actually get to speak with these doctors and experts and ask them any question you want about health and healing. And this is available exclusively to Healing Life members. You can try it out for free. Go to healinglife.net and you can start your free trial there. And uh, whether you're interested in learning more about detox or cancer, diet and nutrition and nutritional science, about diabetes, about heart disease, autoimmune disease, anti-aging, longevity, all of these topics are covered in depth and more are continuing to be added at Healing Life. And again, you get to talk to these doctors yourself. So I invite you to set up a free trial at healinglife.net. And I hope to see you over there. Now, let's get back to the show.
0: So what nature was trying to do is nature was trying to stop me from going in the wrong direction. And I had a suspicion that that there could be a similar relationship between cancer and the body. Okay, and what I was going to do is I was going to do a PhD and I was going to I was looking for a university that had a medical specialization and it had a psychology specialization. And I was planning to build a bridge between those two modalities to see whether um, I could do this PhD to study the mind body connection. And in the process of looking for that university to host this PhD. I found this German doctor, Dr. uh, uh, Rickard Geert-Hummer, who was reported to have a 92% success rate healing terminally ill cancer patients with a form of mind-body medicine, right? So I'm like, got it. So what I've basically done is I've spent the last 10 years studying, learning and verifying this medical doctor's body of medical research so what is this doctor's story dr hummer was a traditional medical doctor right he had a he had a uh equality qualified in medicine and he also had a, a a phd in theology okay now what happened to him in 1978 his 19 year old son was shot and murdered Okay. Now, Dr. Hummer was uh, what they call an internist, i.e. a research specialist. And At the time, he was specializing in cancer research. He was the head of a gynecological oncology unit um, at a university in Germany associated to Munich University. Right. Now, his son was shot and murdered. Two months later, he gets a rare, fast-growing testicular cancer. Okay, with metastasis to the stomach. Okay, now, he was in his late 40s, otherwise a healthy guy. He was a traditional medical doctor, so he didn't know if there was any causal link between his son being murdered and him getting uh, a testicular teratoma, which which is a very rare testicular cancer. Okay, two months after his son is murdered. Right. But he couldn't help thinking that it cannot be a coincidence that his son is murdered. And two months later, he gets a fast growing tumor on a reproductive organ. OK, so as the head of cancer research for uh, Tubingham University in their gynecological oncology unit, he was working with 200 late stage female cancer patients and he started to interview them to see whether they had gone whether they had experienced a similar life crisis emotional trauma before they got cancer and out of 200 200 had okay and then this i mean uh dr hummer's one of the sharpest tools in the kit he then started separating these women into different types of cancer. Women with ovarian cancer, women with cervical cancer, women with uterine cancer, women with intraductal breast cancer, mammary gland breast cancer. Okay. And what he observed is that the women in the same categories all suffered from the same type of conflict. Okay, so the women with ovarian cancer had all suffered from some form of profound loss Before they experienced ovarian cancer, the women with mammary gland breast cancer had all suffered from some form of what Dr. Hummer described as a nest or a care conflict. Okay, so let let me explain how Dr. What happened in Dr. Hummer's case? What Dr. Hummer discovered is that cancer, all forms of cancer, are part of A survival biological program okay and this is the way it works in his case his son was murdered nature increased the size of his testicle that dr hammer discovered is that that tumor on his testicle was actually functional tissue that had a biological function and a biological purpose okay the tumor on the testicle basically increased his testosterone and sperm production. Now, if you look at conventional medicine, conventional medicine also acknowledges that tumors, and particularly in, in testicular cancer, that the tumor is functional tissue. So it's even acknowledged by conventional medicine. Okay, so the way it works, his son was murdered, nature has increased his capacity to be able to produce sperm and testosterone in order to increase his capacity, increase his fertility. So he had a better chance of getting his wife pregnant so he could replace a child he just lost. Now you take mammary gland breast cancer. What is the purpose of a a mammary gland? Purpose of a mammary gland is to produce milk, right? Now a woman only lactates when she's pregnant, and when she's nursing, when she stops nursing, then the, the mammary glands stray up and she stops lactating. Correct. Now, woman's walking along the road. She has a five year old child. She's talking to her friend walking along the street and the five year old child. She's not paying attention. The five year old child runs into the road, gets hit by a car and ends up in ICU. Now, what is the breast for? The breast is a nurturing piece of equipment for a woman, right? Now, but the child's five years old, right? So she's not lactating anymore. Now, as soon as a, as soon as a child gets hit by a car, the, the woman is going to start feeling almost immediately a lump in her breast. Okay? And what is nature doing? The breast is designed as a nurturing piece of equipment. She's not lactating because the child's five years old. The child's just been hit by a car. Back in our prehistoric days, Nathan, before we lived in our modern-day society, the only way that a mother had to nurse a sick family member was with her breast, okay? So when the child gets sick, what nature's done is switch back on her ability to lactate. So she can offer a breast to a child so that she can nurse the child back to health again. And when the child is healthy again, then the biological purpose of that biological program has fulfilled its purpose. And when that purpose has been fulfilled and the child... Is back in full health, then nature will switch off that ability for the woman to lactate and then remove the extra capacity that is added during this conflict of the child getting sick and then remove the capacity from the breast using fungi and mycobacteria to remove that extra capacity. Now, when the child got hit by a car, Nathan, the woman went on a vegan diet. Okay? And she did Reiki. And she did acupuncture. And she did all the things, right? She took Oma Puffy. She took Ayurveda. She did all the treatments. None of those modalities are going to affect the fundamental purpose of that biological program she's not likely going to breastfeed that child because she's not going to know that nature the lump in her breast basically is her ability to lactate again so she can offer a breast to child so she can nurse a child back to back to health again okay and most likely she's going to go into the hospital with a child and have a breast removed and Take chemotherapy and all of that crazy stuff right now that biological even if she has her breast removed in 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 conventional medicine we have a we have a, a concept called recurrent breast cancer okay that is where a woman has her breast removed and still gets cancer on the breast is no longer there okay So how does this process work? The biological program that is running that gives the woman the ability to offer her breast to breastfeed her child, to get the child back to health again, that program is going to run. These programs, they run in your brain. They don't run in the organ. That program is going to run regardless of whether the breast is there or not, regardless of whether she goes on a vegan diet, regardless of whether she does Reiki. It has a biological purpose to fulfill. Once that biological purpose has been fulfilled, then it will switch off. Okay. Now, the mistake that people make is they say, oh, yeah, yeah I went on a I went on a vegan diet and that's what solved the problem it's correlation it's not causation the vegan diet nutrition is very important when she resolves the conflict and then she moves so she's been in stress for this period of time to nurse her child it's what we call a symp- sympa stress phase thinking about a problem continuously her hands go cold She's in constant stress. She can't sleep. When that child gets better and the problem is solved, and the cancer program naturally gets switched off, the nutrition is critical to give the body it needs in order to rebuild and to remove to clear out that extra capacity it was added. She's going to be. She's going to sleep for a, a week or a month, right? She's going to go into what we call a vagatonic parasympathetic cycle where she just sleeps and sleeps and sleeps and sleeps. Right. Because that's where the body is healing in this period. Nutrition is critical to give the body what it needs in order to it's building blocks. Right. So when the body is healing, nutrition is critical, but it does not solve the problem. It has nothing to do with it. If that child remains sick, she can stay on a vegan diet for as long as she likes. It makes no difference. She can have the breast removed. It makes no difference. Okay? We have this concept called phantom limb pain. Have you heard of that? Yep. So phantom, what is phantom limb pain? Phantom limb pain, you have an organ removed. Okay. You have gangrene in your foot or something, right? And you have your you have your leg cut off okay cleveland clinic carried out a study that said eight out of ten people who have organs removed and these can be external organs or they can be internal organs eight out of ten people who have organs removed still feel the pain in the organ after it's been removed now how is that possible how can you have pain in a foot that's no longer there The answer is the pain is not in the foot. The pain is in the brain. It doesn't matter. The the, the foot is just the the symptom of the problem. One One of the filters that I put in when I was studying various modalities was to find out whether it successfully or correctly identified the cause of a problem. Okay, we know that modern medicine is a system of symptomatic treatment. Okay, what we don't realize is that all alternative modalities are also systems of symptomatic treatment. Now, the way the approach I'm a businessman, right? I'm not a doctor in business on day one. We are taught that you can only ever solve a problem by addressing the cause of the problem you can if you if you approach problem solving by by attempting to solve the symptom of the problem the problem will keep coming back again and again and again and again because you're not addressing the cause of the problem now i was surprised to discover that we do not apply that same standard of problem solving when it comes to our health the mother that got mammary gland breast cancer because a son was hit by a car and ended up in ICU. The breast is the symptom of the problem. The cause of the problem is the son getting hit by a car. In Dr. Hummer's case, the cause of the problem was his son getting murdered. The tumor on his testicle was just a symptom of the problem. So The I lump would, in the would... breast is just the symptom of the problem.
1: What I what I would add to that is it's not necessarily what happened; it's how we respond to what and and how we react to what happens, because absolutely, it's the trauma it, it, that happens, right? And there's there's a lot of science, a lot of research that backs this up. You know, Germanic new medicine uh, is is one look at it, but there's been a lot of science over the years that looks at, uh, I- including the major study that was done on childhood adverse events um in the 90s that looked at you know people who had all kinds of traumatic experiences as a child Mm -hmm. where it was either the loss of a parent or it was uh someone in your family going to jail or prison or being killed um it was alcohol addiction or any kind of addiction in the family sexual abuse uh Mm -hmm. mental emotional verbal abuse all these different kinds of childhood adverse events or traumatic experiences as a child. And they followed these people and they discovered that not only the more adverse events you had, three or more, shortened the lifespan by 20 years, but it also led to the lifestyle, the addictive lifestyle behavior patterns, the depressive lifestyle behavior behavior patterns, the behavior patterns that cause you to, you know, basically destroy yourself, as well as lead to chronic diseases and increase the chances of cancer and other chronic diseases based on how many childhood adverse events you have. And so there's been a lot of researchers over the years that have tried to understand why this happens. One of the explanations uh, that I've learned about years ago was when when a traumatic experience like that happens, child gets shot, uh, a loved one, you know, something happens. We we take on whether it's the guilt the blame the shame the fear the resentment any really strong intense emotion that we embody instantaneously reaction right and we it's so intense we don't know how to process it we don't know how to grieve through it we don't know how to release it and we store it our body our brain releases neuropeptides through our system to help to deal with the situation. Neuropeptides have a lot of different functions. Uh, in some cases, they help with inflammation and all kinds of other things, but they can also cause long-term damage through chronic through a chronic inflammatory process. And so until we learn to deal, and we know chronic inflammation is at the root cause of cancer, we know it's a it's a downstream effect of the trauma that you're talking about, but a neuropeptide stuck in our organs that's constantly in a chronic inflammatory state damage repair damage repair damage repair literally is creating the the cancer cells It's damaging the mitochondria downstream it's affecting the dna and through that process the cells start to ferment to stay alive they become cancerous and boom you have a tumor that shows up in the breast or in the testicles or wherever right and uh i've seen it in many cases as i'm sure you have as well where someone does the healing work, the emotional healing work, and I teach this in all of our, and and in fact, people want the diet and the herbs and the supplements and all of that more than anything else, but what I always uh, come back to and and teach people in all of our work, in my master classes and webinars, web classes, you name it, is the emotional healing component, because I, I too agree all the other things are important, the cleansing, the detoxing, the sauna, all those things. We know toxins damage our cells and can cause cancer as well. But, and I have, a you know, entire presentation on that, all the science behind it and clean up the toxins and heal the cells and you can have cancers go away. But the, the emotional part, you know, I consider uh, emotional toxins as one of the nine major cancer causing toxins that I teach about. And probably the most important, and we've seen it where you heal emotionally, forgiveness, uh, uh, love, kindness, gratitude, different kinds of emotions we have to learn to embody to heal that trauma. Uh, Most oftentimes it is forgiveness of self or others, right? Then those cancers go away almost miraculously. I want to share a quick story to, to illustrate what you're sharing about the breast cancer. This is a real story from uh, a woman I know, a colleague, she's a psychotherapist, she's a doctor, her name is Dr. Keisha Ewers, Um, and she's actually told this story in one of my documentary series, or in actually for the first time publicly, this was just a couple years ago, in one of my cancer summits. She'd never told this before publicly uh, for different reasons, but Uh, She did when I was interviewing her. And it's such a powerful story that illustrates Mm -hmm. everything you're talking about. When her son was younger and being babysitted, um, he was molested by the babysitter. And she never knew about it. Mm. He never told her until he was much older. I think in his 20s 20s or 30s. And then he finally told her. And she had no idea. And the shock and the trauma from that, you know, the, Mm. the grief, the blame on herself, that how could she hire somebody and and have this person in her house molesting her son right in front of her and not know it, that deep self blame and guilt just took Mm. over so extraordinarily powerful. And within almost, I mean, almost immediately in such a short period of time, she grew a breast cancer tumor on her breast. It was like almost, it was like, I think it was within weeks or months she had this tumor. She was smart enough in her work as a functional medicine practitioner and as a psychotherapist to know, she knew once she had it and she questioned and where did this come from and all that, she knew through all of her work, this was from her own grief. This was from her own blame, the blame of herself, the hatred she had for for the person who molested her son, and the own blame and shame inside herself. And she already was equipped with the tools and practices in how to go into deep forgiveness. And so she did. She went into deep mental, emotional healing, a forgiveness practice. She forgave herself deeply. She even ended up caught, and sometimes this is necessary and sometimes it's not, If anyone is very serious about forgiveness, I've gone through my own forgiveness practices and I I still do do to this day. And I I have an incredible healing story as well from that, but uh, Mm. maybe we'll share another time. But she called the man, the babysitter, and talked with him and then ended up forgiving him as well and forgave herself. And within three months, the tumor was gone. As quick as it came and all of that emotional trauma stored. And then as quick Mm -hmm. as she was able to release it, she didn't do anything different except this practice, you know, forgiving. And literally the tumor was gone. And she told me the reason she doesn't share that story, hasn't shared it before this time with me, was because she just, she didn't want to mislead people into thinking that, hey, if you have cancer, and you just forgive yourself, your cancer is going to go away in three months. She didn't want anyone, you know, so she just was careful, and mindful never to really share the story. But I share the story to inspire people and to illustrate the point that you're sharing, that yeah. most often our diseases are directly related to an emotional situation in childhood or in adulthood, and there are things we can do to help our body release that trauma and, and heal and so her story is one among many, um, and I know with um, German New Medicine, there are, I don't know, hundreds if not thousands of case studies by this point as well. Oh, yeah. And many um, others, but I find yeah. it fascinating. I find it really fascinating how you know we, we can release the thing that caused the disease by becoming aware of it, understanding the cause, and then doing the work to help release it and then our body knows what to do we're not we're not healing the cancer our body's doing it because we give it the
0: environment to heal the cancer you want some crazy stories (laughs) you want some of my sure spontaneous spontaneous healing stories absolutely i mean i i'm 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 uh I'm a, I'm a critical thinker, Nathan, and I don't believe anything anybody tells me. I've been given too many false promises, especially when it comes to health. So my my approach to any of this is that I have to I have to test it for myself and I have to I have to check to make sure that this is the real deal, right? So my first my first major success with this with this modality came in 2015 it was early I, it was early in my studies i had been studying it for a couple of years um i'd engaged taking uh teaching from one of the um germanic new medicine or germanic healing knowledge teachers and i was on my way to do my practitioner's course in this modality in in toronto in canada now um i, I stopped in london um, and my then girlfriend um, met my family for the first time in London um, after splitting up from my ex-wife and uh, we landed in London and within six hours of being on the ground I had the most crippling stomach cramps and loose motions that I've ever experienced in my life right and I had this for 72 hours I was on the toilet every hour I was bent over in half with stomach cramps i was nearly passing out on the toilet because the stomach cramps are so intense and um, i'm laying on the bed at my in my parents house in london and my girlfriend said to me why don't we try using this medical knowledge that you're learning to see if we can solve this problem and i said to her we can try it um I've I've not completed my practitioner's course yet, so I understand a lot of the theory. Um, I don't really know how to use it, right? So, but anyway, let's give it no harm, right? Let's give it a go. So she asked me a couple of questions. She said to me, Danny, um, what uh, emotional conflict is it that affects the stomach? And I said, well, it's either primarily... Indigestible anger, i.e., a problem that you can't solve, or it's a territorial anger conflict, right? And she said, Okay, she said, When does the pain start? And I said, uh, The pain starts when you solved a problem. So she said, uh, What problem have we solved by coming to England and meeting your family? and my response my immediate response to that was i have no idea okay we landed up my family my parents had organized a big party in the garden all of the family came over we all got drunk and had fun and partied and everything in the garden everybody had a great day they all left i got sick okay no family conflag that we could look at or point to oh yeah yeah we had a problem we solved this problem nothing like that right so I'm laying on the bed and I said, I got no idea what problem we've solved. So I'm and I'm and I'm laying on, I'm crippled, I'm I'm folded in half with stomach cramps, right? And we're laying there for an hour. Could it be this, could it be that, could it be this, could it be that? And all of a sudden I had an epiphany. I said, I think I know what problem we've solved. And she said, um, she said, What is it? Now to give you some background, Nathan. My um my ex-wife and my family hated each other she hated them they hated her they used to fight like cat and dog okay my current partner they loved my partner everybody loved her so i'm laying on the bed and i said um i think we have resolved the problem that my partner fights with my family and I'm laying on and I'm laying on the bed, and all of a sudden my stomach went dig lig. And I'm laying there and I said, um, I don't know what happened. My stomach just went dig lig lig, and now I have no pain. And she said to me, What are you talking about? I said, I have no idea. My stomach just went dig lig and I now feel fine. She said, come on, don't be so stupid. I'm like, I don't know. My stomach just gurgled and now I have no pain and I feel fine. And she said, okay, let's wait for an hour. We waited for an hour. Nothing came back. Let's wait for another hour. Waited for another hour. Nothing came back. And it hasn't come back since. So one of the the extraordinary parts of the medical discoveries that dr hummer's made is that we can use when we when we connect the cause of a conflict in this case my partner fighting with my family with the symptoms of the problem that we can use our conscious mind to switch off that biological program like a light switch which is exactly what I did there when I was laying on the bed, when I said, okay, I know my stomach is crippling, painful cramps because my, we've resolved the conflict of my parents and my partner fighting. The biological program switched off like a light switch. Now, this is when this modality really started to elicit my interest and I'm like oh my god that's amazing i need to learn more i mean when i first started learning this modality i used to wish myself to get sick so i could practice in switching off biological programs and i've switched off all sorts of back pain and 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 acne and rheumatoid arthritis and and eczema and psoriasis and all sorts of crazy programs right So a few years, a few years on, um, uh, in 2019, I got cancer in my jaw here. Okay. Now, this this was caused by a five-second argument with my wife over American politics. But we won't go too deep into that because that's a rabbit hole. Now... Because it was a five-second argument, it took me a long time and I had thumping pain in my jaw and a big growth, a tumour growing in my jaw, and I couldn't find out what caused the problem. It took me over a month to find out what caused the problem. When I found the problem and I connected that argument to this tumor growing in my jaw it switched the growth of that program off and triggered the healing phase of that program which basically this part of this this part this germ layer the endoderm germ layer in the jaw the the tissue that's added gets removed with tb mycobacteria okay which meant that i had the uh, the the taste and the smell of rotting flesh in my mouth and in my sinuses for about a four-month period whilst that tissue that was added, the tumour that was added whilst the TB mycobacteria is removing it. All of these teeth here, they're all false, right? What happened is all my teeth fell out. So I had when between the tumour and the TB mycobacteria in my gum, all my teeth fell out on one side of my on one side on my upper jaw on my left upper jaw and part of my and part of my jaw was destroyed okay so i had to have a i had to have a five hour reconstructive surgery to have a bone graft on my jaw and have implants put in to have my teeth replaced right because i literally i had no teeth on on this side of my mouth right so i had a i had a five hour surgery to rebuild this jaw and i took one painkiller at the time of the surgery and then i took another painkiller um at night time before i slept and when i woke up the next morning and you got the ba-dum, 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 like this right the pounding on the side of my face and i'm and i'm not a big fan of taking painkillers i'm not a big fan of taking any pharmaceutical drugs at all um so I thought to myself, I wonder, I'd never, I'd never switched off pain from, um, from physical trauma, from dental surgery, right? This is a five-hour op- operation I've had on my jaw. Um, so I thought to myself, I wonder if I can switch off this pain in my jaw so I don't need to take the painkillers, right? So, so then I said to myself, um, what is the biological purpose of pain? okay now the biological purpose of pain is to stop you from using a part of your body so that it has time space and energy to heal okay if you cut your finger if you don't when it swells up and becomes painful if you don't touch it then you won't experience any pain if you start doing the dishes then you get the what your body's telling you stop using it this part is temporarily broken let me have the time space and energy to heal it and if you let it be and you don't touch it you won't experience any pain as soon as you start trying to use it then you'll experience pain you can test it for yourself right so i'm thinking to myself i've got no teeth on this side of my mouth right so i can't i can't chew right so i thought right if i can't chew on this side of my mouth I'm not going to use it because i have no teeth right so i'm naturally going to give it the time space and energy it needs to heal because i have no choice because i've got no teeth right so i had a discussion with my subconscious mind and i said okay subconscious mind i know the purpose of pain is to stop me from using something so it has a time space and energy to heal i have no teeth i can't use my i can't use my my jaw for chewing because i don't have any teeth right I'm going to give it a time, space, and energy to heal. Please switch off the pain, and bang, pain switched off. Right. I then slept for twenty for twenty hours a day for three weeks, twenty to twenty-two hours a day, whilst my whilst my jaw healed from this from this surgery. Right. And what would happen is that's in, a lot. Of, that's a here, lot
1: of sleeping. That's uh that's <laughs> a lot of time my, my,
0: sleep. my, my body sh- my body shuts me down Nathan well I I had a I had lung lung cancer and a collapsed lung a fully collapsed lung in 2000 and I slept for 22 hours a day for 10 weeks when I get sick my body shuts me down you can't repair you can't repair a car with the engine running right if you want to service the engine of your car you got to switch it off and we're the same. If we if our body needs to repair, it shuts us down. And that's what happens to me. So anyway, in this three week period, what would happen is inadvertently um, food would accidentally go round to the side where I had the surgery and 35 stitches in my jaw. Right. And then as soon as the food went round this side and there's a ba dum dum, start again, because I've broken the deal. Right. The deal was I'm not going to use it. So it has a time, space and energy to heal. Okay, food goes around the side and then the ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. And I'm like, okay, sorry, subconscious mind. That was an error. Um, Let's go back to our previous deal. I'm not going to use this so it has a time, space and energy to heal. Please switch off the pain. Bang. Pain gone. And I went through a five-hour reconstructive surgery in my jaw. I took two painkillers. I slept for uh, 20 to 22 hours a day for three weeks. I didn't take any more painkillers and I didn't have any more pain. You can use your conscious mind when you understand the biological purpose of what's happened and why it's happened. You can use your conscious mind to overrule all of these biological programs running your subconscious mind. Right. You don't sit there and say, oh, my son's just died. So I think I'm going to increase the size of my testicles. So I've got a better chance of getting my wife pregnant. Right. You don't think that. These, these biological programs, they run in your subconscious mind. But you can use your conscious mind in order to overall the, these programs in your subconscious mind, and you can switch these things off like a light switch. I did the same with rheumatoid arthritis that I got after, after COVID.
1: What, uh, you, you mentioned you had lung cancer in 2011. What, uh, what did you find out
0: about? Oh, 2000.
1: What did you find out about that? And what did you do about that? If you don't
0: mind. No, no, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this was, this was, I I don't generally bring this in just because this was before my, but I mean, my approach to solving the problem is still the same. Um, My lung, my lung actually partially collapsed on my honeymoon in my first marriage in Venice in 1999, um, New Year 1999, and it fully collapsed when I was in the boonies in South India in a place called Uti um, in Tamil Nadu, I was like in the middle of nowhere. Um, So, uh, I mean, I've only been able to piece this together in hindsight, right? Since I've been studying Germanic medicine or what's more recently been changed to Germanic healing knowledge. Um, What actually happened when I, when I was studying at the London school of economics, Um, my then fiance in the uk um, got pregnant and she didn't tell me because she said that she thought that because i was under so much pressure studying at lse um, that she didn't want to put more pressure on me by telling me about this pregnancy so she aborted the child without telling me okay now I didn't find out uh, in a in a similar way that your friend's son only told his mum much later in life. Um, I didn't find out about this until a few years later, when I decided to end the relationship. Um, and then she sprung it on me. She said, "Oh, by the way, you know when you were studying at LSE, um, I uh, I got pregnant and I aborted our child without telling you." The shock of her telling me about aborting that child basically triggered two fairly significant biological programs. It triggered lung cancer, which is caused, according to Dr. Hummer, is caused by a fear of death for either yourself or for another. So this was triggered in my subconscious mind because of my fear of the death of the child that was aborted. And it also triggered testicular cancer. So my left testicle ended up half the size of my right testicle. Okay. Now, when I got married, the lung cancer program went into a natural resolution. When I was on my honeymoon in Venice, my lung partially collapsed. I collapsed outside a restaurant. I didn't go to a doctor. Whatever, I went and slept it off and thought it would be fine. Um, But then, when I came back to India in, in I think March of 2020, I was. Out well outside of, of the nearest town, um, and my lung fully collapsed, um, and it took them about six hours to get me into, into ICU. I should have died in that one by the time I got to hospital. My heart was around here, my right lung was around my back. um, Because as you keep breathing, as the lungs collapsed, the air keeps going inside the cavity, the pressure builds, the pressure builds, pressure builds, pressure builds, and then everything gets pushed around to like this. So by the time I got in, my heart was over here, my right lung was around my back. And there was, I mean, apparently, you should die within two hours of your lung fully collapsing. Mm. Somehow, I managed to survive six hours um maybe there's a maybe there's a reason or a purpose that I'm being kept on this earth um I should have died and i didn't well.
1: now you're now what does uh what does german medicine say about the lungs why the lungs when it comes to fear of death what's that connection
0: so you can you can survive for food for with for weeks or even months right Um, You can survive without water for for days, but you can only survive without air for minutes, right? So what happens when you have a fear of death, the lungs, um, what conventional medicine calls lung cancer, basically is where the lungs say, okay, you're going to die. Okay, let's increase your capacity to breathe. So the alveoli in the lungs open up so that it can increase the amount of oxygen that it can process so you don't die. Now, the bronchi is a different story. The bronchi, the tubes that that go down into the lungs, they're affected by what's called a territorial fear conflict, right? Now, the easiest way to understand this the bronchi is to look at pack animals in nature. Okay. If you take the if you take a wolf pack or a stag pack or any, any pack animal in nature, the alpha of the pack periodically gets challenged for its alpha status by a beta. Now that is a fight to the death. Okay. So how does our survival biological program operate in order to um, to help you survive? A fight that's potentially to the death, right? So what it's going to do, the bronchi in the lungs, typically they're like straws. What will happen is they will immediately ulcerate and they will become like hose pipes so that you can get more air down into your lungs, okay? The same with the coronary arteries. The coronary arteries that feeds the blood to the heart Normally, they're like straws. They will become like hose pipes. And that's what you call angina pectoris. When when the coronary arteries are ulcerating is what we call angina pectoris. What is the purpose of that? So we can get more blood to the heart. So we can pump more oxygenated blood around the body so that we have more strength to fight for a survival fight for uh, to the death, right? So the bronchi to the lungs are affected by what's called a territorial fear conflict which is why in things like covid when people say don't go outside because you're gonna die because there's a virus and all of that crazy stuff they did in covid which is why so many people got sick right because they had a territorial fear conflict and also potentially a fear of death conflict if you're watching mainstream media every day and they're screaming at you that you're going to die if you go outside and all of this sort of stuff right so that's basically what affects the lungs if you don't survive the fight to the death then you're dead right
1: <laughs> well and then i've studied um qigong which stems from ancient chinese uh traditional medicine even before so and the each organ system in the body has emotions associated with it
0: and very similar concept.
1: This dates back at least 5,000 years that we know of where these, you know, it's
0: not, just always been there, Nathan, right? It's it's incredible. Our ancient ancestors have
1: figured this stuff out and they they associate the lungs with um, sadness and grief, which is, basically what you're talking about and you know and fear yeah. fear fear is more associated with the kidneys but sadness and grief you know the grief the grief of a loss of a loved one and you know there's some really powerful Absolutely. qigong sound healing practices i learned from uh, master ming Gu, who's a practitioner of uh, zining qigong who's a master teacher it's also called wisdom healing qigong and it's these yeah. sounds that you make it's a vibratory sounds that you make that help release because these emotions that we store what are they really made from they're really made from energy emotions thoughts We can't touch them they're non-tangible so how do they cause these you know diseases to form in the body and how do they cause these neuropeptides to be released and how do they cause chronic inflammation all that it's 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 all energy and so it makes sense that we can Implement an energy, an energetic vibration into our own bodies, into our own organs that can help basically release this blocked energy, this trapped energy, this stuck energy and help it to harmonize. And so there's actually some significant studies that have been done on the impact and power of sound healing and how sound literally can harmonize our Harmonize the vibrations in our bodies to help the cells attain equilibrium, and we can make those sounds ourselves. I've learned how to do them, which is really powerful. Uh, we can also use external sounds and different kinds of music and different kinds of Hertz frequency vibrations, and these have also been studied to help the resonant frequencies and um, and and help our our frequencies within our cells get to a state yeah. of homeostasis, a state of healing, <clears throat> which is amazing. Right. It's, it's really, I, I sleep every night. Na- I sleep
0: every night with it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Do- Dr. Hummer, Dr. Hummer spent the last seven years of his life. He he died in 20, 2017. Um, he spent the last, I think 10 years of his life studying and using music therapy for healing. Okay. One who one of his uh, one of his patients was a, an Italian music professor and um, she observed that the the that the way music flows in Western classical music was very similar to the chart that Dr. Hummer had produced on what he called the two phases of healing when we go into conflict and then when we resolve the conflict and the healing process so He spent the last 10 years working with this music professor and what they discovered is that when music is played at 432 hertz and the music has been written in accordance with the Fibonacci sequence and the golden ratio, that this music has profound healing ability. And Dr. Hummer actually spent the last, I think, seven or eight years of his life healing children with Down syndrome. OK, using this music, uh, children with Down syndrome and children with autism using this using this music healing therapy. OK, and what he where, with children with Down syndrome, so he what Dr. Hummer discovered is that uh, from from a, a brain commu- um, computer tomography, a brain CT scan or CAT scan, you have your entire life history printed on your brain. And if you learn to read brain CAT scans, you can tell somebody's entire life history from a brain CAT scan. So he started taking CAT scans of children with Down syndrome. And what he what he observed is that these children, when they're born, that both of their healing centers, which is just above your right ear, both of their healing centers were shut down at birth. Now, when these healing centers are shut down, basically what it does. Is it retarded development process? Now it's only possible that these that these conflicts could have happened in the first trimester of pregnancy. So what he started he started speaking to the mothers of these children to find out to find out what loud noises these children were exposed to in the mother's womb when when in the first trimester of pregnancy when they were just barely a fetus. And what he discovered is that what happens is, for example, one woman or a number of women had a problem that they were exposed to the sound of a chainsaw. Okay, now the sound of a chainsaw to a two or three month fetus is the equivalent of a lion standing behind us and roaring. And what it does is it puts the it puts the fetus into fight or flight okay and that sound of that chainsaw basically shuts down one of the hearing centers now if that happens twice both of the hearing centers get shut down the fetus goes into a process of retarded development which is why they come out with round face round eyes etc okay now when dr hummer exposed these children with down syndrome to this healing music and it was actually a, a song that he'd composed in 1976 for his wife on their 20th wedding anniversary at, at that point in time he had no idea of the healing power of it but when he started exposing children to this healing music basically children with autism children with down syndrome and even cancer patients and essentially any health condition these children with Down syndrome basically pulled out of Down syndrome and started to develop normally. Same with children with autism. So I I, I tested, I tested this myself as well. Before COVID, I had a friend, he had a, he had a four-year-old, highly autistic, um, uh, incommunicable and very angry four-year-old child. And I explained, I explained the work that Dr. Hummer had done with, with music healing. Um, and I gave him a copy of this this music. And basically, when I, I got locked out of India for nine months during COVID, I got stuck in Europe and couldn't return. Um, when I left India, he had a four-year-old, highly autistic, incommunicable, very angry child, no eye contact, nothing. When I came back, he had this five-year-old, highly extroverted fun-loving spunky five-year-old and i'm like my god what on earth happened he said well when he was sleeping at night we just played the music quietly whilst he was sleeping at night time and we've done that for the last year and slowly over the last year he's pulled out of this autism and now you can see him what you can see and it was just truly extraordinary nathan mind-blowing
1: that's amazing amazing i mean i've i've seen it firsthand as well in in qigong retreats energy healing retreats for example people come in with all kinds of ailments even one woman in a wheelchair couldn't walk by the end of a week or two two weeks in retreat which was you know energy healing it was you know deep self-reflection was emotional healing was uh sound yeah. healing all these kinds of things you know, was walking up and down the steps on her own you know parkinson's uh, Absolutely. uh improvements um uh cancer improvements you know all you know depression all kinds of things so Amazing. i mean i believe it it's 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 incredible what's possible by tapping into you know the power of our own subconscious and the power of our own you know energetic beings to be able to empower ourselves to heal Now, um, with German New Medicine, if people want to learn it, uh, you know, I know there's a a lot of different people out there teaching it, but then I also know there is a specific group of of people who are kind of accredited, if you will, to, to teach it. I think what, at least what I, the little that I know about Dr. Hammer and his legacy is, like, he wants this accessible by anybody and everybody, so... I don't think you can get certified in it, right? You can just go out and learn about Uh, it
0: for free. So let me, let me tell you how I'm trying to build solutions for that. But The big challenge, Nathan, I mean, Dr. Hummer's got like 40 years of medical discoveries. He's unraveled the biological code. He's identified the cause and the solution to every, every disease on earth. Right. But the, it, I mean, I spent the last ten years breaking my head to understand these medical discoveries um and I mean, honestly, it's not easy, right? It takes continued application of understanding learning from your own experiences from studying from other people's experiences so um what I'm attempting to do is make Dr Hummer's medical discoveries accessible, okay now. I published one book so far this is called terminal cancer is a misdiagnosis Um, this is currently on amazon this is an introduction to dr hummer's medical discoveries and it's written so that anybody with no prior knowledge of the subject can read understand and absorb it okay so it's written what i um fondly call in Forrest Gump language so that anybody can understand and absorb this okay this is just an introduction to Dr Hummer's journey to the fundamentals of the medical science and this is currently on Amazon at the moment um in audiobook Kindle version paperback hardback etc um now this is the start of the journey what I'm what I'm doing Nathan is um, uh, to make this these medical discoveries accessible, um, most people have one or two problems: testicular cancer, or a breast cancer, or an IVS, or a, uh, a, a dermatitis issue, or you know, an osteoporosis, or an arthritis, or one issue or two issues to address. Now, most people are not going to spend ten years to study this medical science to solve one problem. So, what I'm what I'm attempting to do. i'm in the process of writing a 500 plus book series one book on each disease okay so these books will look like this okay so this is my book on breast cancer this is the cause and solution for breast cancer um this is testicular cancer um i've written four at the moment i've written one on ibs and ulcerative colitis or crohn's disease um, I've written one on testicular cancer, which was in Dr. Hummer's memory. Um, I've written one on atopic dermatitis, and I've written one on um, breast cancer. Um, from next month, I'm going to start writing one book a month. My next one is going to be on rheumatoid arthritis, and then I'm going to do ovarian cancer, and then I'm going to line up um, writing one book a month. All of the these books at the moment are only published to my website. Okay, now, um, my website is danny-carol.com. Um, so you can see the, my, it's an Irish spelling. My surname is C-A-R-R-O-L-L. Um, on, on my website, there's a tab called The Healing Tribune. All 500 books are going to be available for free to read on my website. This is life potentially life-saving information, and I don't want people to be in a situation where they're excluded from accessing this information because they can't afford it. So what I'm doing is I'm putting, these four books are up on my website to read for free, and all 500 books will be up on my website to read for free. Okay, now what I've also done, Finding your way around this community can be challenging. So what I've done is I've put a resource page on my website that has the resources of all of the schools that you can learn Germanic Medicine, all of the places where you can get free information on Germanic Medicine to learn it. So on the resource page of my website, you can go down and you can You can navigate your way through the community. If you want to find a consultant, I've got uh, references to find consultants across the globe. Um, So you've got all the references for learning, for accessing consulting, um, uh, or understanding the medical science, understanding the music therapy that Dr. Hummer used for healing children with autism and Down syndrome. So all of that information is available on the resource page on my website. Now, if I write 12 books a year, um, it's going to take me approximately 38 to 40 years to write all of these books. It's Um, going to take a while. If if, if that's required, Nathan, then I will surely do that. Um, I am in the process of talking to a number of published authors in the Germanic Healing Knowledge or Germanic New Medicine community. To see whether we can partner in some way so that maybe instead of 500 books, I only have to write 100 or maybe 200. Um, but even if I have to write all 500, I will write them at least for as long as I'm on this earth and they will be available for free to reach. All of these books have the... Can, conventional medicine included in it and they have the germanic healing knowledge or germanic new medicine included in it so it's essentially it's a one stop where you can see the conventional approach and you can see the germanic healing knowledge approach and i do a comparison of those um, and then put in my own experience and lots of case studies and what these books do is essentially two things is they will tell you the cause of your problem and how to solve it and that's it and they take their each one is like a A small readers digest um the brand that i'm developing a media brand is called the healing tribune the cause of disease made simple
1: now would you say now if you were to like sum up and explain in a sentence or two what the what the solution is for each of these diseases in terms of the approach would you would you call it basically i mean it's basically a form of of Therapy or self-reflection, right? It's it's aware of be, it's from what I understand, it's becoming conscious and aware of the emotional experience tied to you know the cause, and the awareness of that is that basically the healing process itself, or how would you sum that up best you can?
0: Every change in our biology, whether it's a runny nose, a sore throat, a loss of smell um a, a cancer an osteoporosis an arthritis every single ch- change in our biology is part of a survival biological program okay I told you about the breast cancer case where the mammary glands are reactivated I told you about in Dr. Hummer's in Dr. Hummer's case his testicle was increased in size that he could increase his sperm and, and testosterone production so he could get his wife pregnant these are all survival programs the mother is trying to get the child to survive nature trying to get dr hummer to reproduce so that he can replace the child he just lost every single change in our biology is part of a survival biological program what dr hummer has done is basically unraveled that entire survival biological program and the cause for all of those problems now the the therapy is broken down into two main areas number one that the best solution for any problem is a real-life resolution to the problem, okay? If the mother gets a lump in her breast and her child is sick, she should breastfeed the child in order to get the child well again. When the child's well again, the biological program will switch off because it's achieved its purpose. What if that child's like 15? What if
1: that child's like 15?
0: It doesn't matter. the the woman the woman's breast is a nurturing. End. She could she has two breasts. She has a mother child breast and she has a partner breast. Okay, if her husband gets sick, she can get a lump in her breast and she can offer a breast to her husband to get a, a breast. Is a nurturing piece of equipment, right? It doesn't mean you've got to be a certain age to be nurtured. Okay, so but you're the, you're the biological like actually, purpose of it.
1: actually, in terms of the breast nurturing breasts, what what do you mean, actually? Yeah providing as breast milk or interest breast breast
0: milk you
1: know yeah i don't know to and 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 you've seen and dr hammer has seen that heal breast cancer in older children or or partners or things like that when the breast is offered that way that's their documented case studies of that
0: He's got a he's got a book on breast cancer that's one hundred and twenty thousand words, six hundred pages on one organ. That unfortunately is still in German and needs to be translated into English.
1: And so what? Uh, so what kind of case studies came from that, though? I mean, it just it's really hard in our current society to imagine yeah. a mother breastfeeding a fifteen-year-old child or. You know, breastfeeding a husband, for example. Um, it's just even. Yeah,
0: to... yeah, it's not going to happen. Period. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But she, she doesn't need to, right? All she needs to do, Nathan, is she needs to understand that the mammary glands in her breast have been reactivated because she has a nest conflict. Okay, what is she going to do at the moment? At the moment, she's going to run to the hospital. The hospital is going to remove her breast, put her on chemotherapy, put her on chemo and there and radiation and is a, a, a 98% chance she's going to die okay even if she doesn't breastfeed a family member she can if a child gets sick at the age of 15 she doesn't need to offer the breast to the child right the child can get well if she makes a child rest gives it nutrition whatever she does in order to get the child well again what she has to do is she has to understand that the mammary gland has been reactivated. Like your friend who understood that her the lump in her breast was caused by the problem that she had to, when her child or uh, uh, when her son told her that he'd been molested as a child. How did she solve that problem? She solved that problem through forgiveness by saying, okay, whatever has happened, but she she got the lump in her breast because she had a Nest conflict.
1: She recognized, she resolved she re- she recognized the cause and then she resolved it by basically releasing the by
0: releasing.
1: Releasing exactly. the, so she, the, 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 the negative emotion attached to it. So she so, that, didn't offer so that's her, the she didn't offer a
0: breast yeah she didn't yeah. offer a breast to her son, right? But right. she resolved that conflict by knowing what caused it and knowing how to resolve that problem in real life
1: yeah yeah so, so it's, ba- so it's basically a co- it's, it's, it's a cognitive therapy it's a self-reflective therapy it's a understanding the cause and then doing whatever's necessary from an emotional standpoint to release whatever yeah. emotions yeah. that we have associated around it
0: what did your friend do she changed her view of the problem right when she was first told about it she freaked out and said i'm going to kill him and i hate him and everything like that that caused a nest conflict that caused a breast cancer she then went into a more objective state of forgiveness where she said okay i forgive i forgive him for for what he did she resolved that nest conflict and then the program resolved itself and it was removed yep the thing is that when you understand what causes a problem, you have a chance of solving it. The problem we have today, Nathan, is that every single modality that we have that we're working with today are systems of symptom treatment. Right, people think saying.
1: people think cancer is the is the problem, so we got to attack it and we got to radiate it. We it's not. Burn it. We got to cut it, and cancer is not the problem. Cancer is a symptom. high blood pressure is not the disease it's It's not the problem high blood pressure is a symptom of clogged arteries so we got to address the clogged arteries right Uh, all of these diseases we experience today whether it's alzheimer's or diabetes these are not diseases to attack and go after with drugs and and you know none of these diseases are due to a lack of drugs so drugs are not going to solve the problem (laughs) they're not going to solve the problem exactly it's it's what is causing the disease the disease is the symptom and the root the roots of the tree are the causes oftentimes emotional conflict as we're talking about but also can be toxins can be diet related etc so we have to get to the root address the roots and then the symptoms resolve themselves absolutely
0: as your friend did with her breast cancer right she changed her view of that conflict she downgraded to the conflict she then forgave the guy who molested her son and when she went through that process of forgiveness and she let that go when she let that conflict go then then her breast healed right so when you understand the cause of a problem you have a chance of solving it if you're only dealing with the symptoms of a problem, you can never solve it. Right. We're taught that, we're taught that in business, Nathan, right? First day you start in business, you're told go and look for the cause of the problem and not the symptom of the problem. It's drilled into you from your first day in business, or at least it was for me. Okay. In 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 our healthcare system, we only exclusively look at the system. And what Dr. Hummer has done with, with, in a very similar way to Chinese medicine, is he's identified, when you can identify the cause of a problem with a sniper's rifle, you have a chance of solving it. If you do not understand the cause of a problem, you'll spend the rest of your life dealing with the symptoms, which is why we have so much chronic illness in society. What Dr Hummer, the greatest gift that he has left behind for us is to identify the cause of every single health problem on this planet in terms of what happens in our life and the process we need to go through in order to be able to resolve that problem, in order for that biological purpose, for it to to fulfil the purpose of that programme. And when you have that knowledge you have a much better chance of being able to solve these problems, which is what I'm doing.
1: Beautiful. Well, uh, Danny, it's great talking with you. Um, man, there's so much more we could dive into, but um, <laughs> we could do six
0: hours if you like.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've got, I, 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 I unfortunately have to go, um, but I, I appreciate the time and uh, maybe we'll get a dive deeper in the future into, into some of these topics because I think this is fascinating research. Um yeah, I think amazing. you know th- there's a lot of great resources out there for people to dive deeper into this. You gave your website, your book, um and a lot of links, the resources links on your website, so that's really cool. I'm glad you're yeah. doing the work you're doing and, and helping get this information out to people so they have alternative solutions for their health and uh yeah, again, thank you for for the work you do and thank you for for taking the time to uh share some of it with us.
0: You want uh, however deep you want to go Nathan if you want to, if you want to go and do a six-hour deep, 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 deep dive, anytime, it'd be my absolute pleasure.
1: That's awesome. Thanks, Danny. Take care, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nathan Crane podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and share this on social media. Then head over to nathancrane.com for your free ebook.
1: So when we're talking about, you know, what are these underlying causes and conditions of these chronic diseases, cancer diabetes, heart disease, they all have very similar, if not identical causes. And that's the thing is when we get to the root cause of these diseases, we can not only prevent these diseases from ever happening, but empower our bodies to heal from them. In every one of our cells, we have tens and hundreds of thousands of chemical reactions that are happening every second that are cycling uh, back and forth, and like sort of a, a yin
0: and yang. And you know, for me, the soul, soul's purpose is evolution. It doesn't care about comfort, it cares about evolution. Mm. And so I think so long as we are following our soul, then we will evolve. And I think what sometimes blocks us from living our purpose, from manifesting that next level of our expression is we have not evolved.
1: There is also a time for letting go all the expectations and relax and just breathe and be grateful what, for what you have achieved.